0: hello and welcome to this week's episode of uncorked with funny wine girl i am funny wine girl aka janine luby and today uh this week's episode is actually part two of a conversation I had with Katie Culligan. The first part aired last week. And uh, this week I'm airing the remainder of the conversation because it was rather lengthy. We talk about our work as standardized patients and basically what that means is we are professional patients. We are paid to play a role at medical colleges so that students can learn. It can be something as basic as them practicing how to take a blood pressure or pulses in different areas or portraying Uh, a case uh, that a doctor has written, something like, you know, a woman who might be experiencing some kind of abdominal pain and it, turns out it could be an ectopic pregnancy, for example. I've played that case. I've played kidney stones and gallbladder issues, everything. Uh, I've actually done a couple cases in one day, so that was painful. Um, But anyway, Katie and I talk about our experiences. Uh, Mine is here in Scranton. Hers is in the Washington, D.C. area where there are several medical schools that she has been a standardized patient at. And if you missed part one, please go back to last week and and listen. And uh, as I said this week, Because part two, when we talk about how the industry bounced back when the pandemic hit and a couple other uh, ideas that we had in our head. And I just want to reaffirm I did say that at the beginning of last week's episode that I want to be clear that I do not represent or speak for uh, the Geisinger School of Medicine in Scranton, where I do my standardized patient work. Uh, So I will put that disclaimer out there because we live in interesting times and I don't want anyone thinking I am speaking for geisinger's medical school or the industry overall i'm speaking for myself i happen to do per diem work so i am not an employee of geisinger Uh, per diem work means we get paid through a temp agency there's no uh allegiance or loyalty on either of our sides so to speak but no we are paid as uh as temporary employees so uh, i do not speak for anyone but myself uh so i'm representing my thoughts, my experience, and I have been doing it for about 13 years, so I have a lot of experience in this field, and Katie does as well. In fact, Katie also does a podcast that is dedicated to this work uh, for standardized patients. It is called the Standardized Patients Podcast. So if you really want to geek out, if you really find this stuff interesting, uh, tune in and check out Katie's podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. But thank you uh, for joining me. And now, without further ado, we pick up uh, for part two of our conversation myself with Katie Culligan I was actually surprised how quickly they they bounced back with that because it just seemed pretty quick I know in March it's it's very vivid in my mind because at that time I was still uh, I taught part-time at King's mm-hmm. College and we went virtual and everything's like the world seemed to shut down March 13th it was a Friday yeah, I was actually yeah. at the medical college um, we had had, I think we had OSCEs, we had testing Mm -hmm. and we were all of course nervous and just talking amongst ourselves about like, what's going to go on, what's going to happen. And I want to say, I don't even think it took them a month. They started doing, I remember one of the first things I did was cognitive uh, tests. Mm -hmm. And I think we were even doing it I want to say there were some doctors from New Jersey. Like, I I think I don't even know what that was really all about. It might have been a mix of different students, but they were basically interviewing us through Zoom and having us, they had sent us through email the cognitive test, you know, draw a clock, do all that kind of stuff. And they were doing that at first. And then that May, they did their OSCEs online. And they were ah. recording them through Zoom, and they had like uh-huh. the breakout rooms and all that. So yeah.
1: we went to uh, virtual pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah, same with us. And and it's funny that you say on March thirteenth because I remember that day I was also at um, George Washington University at their Sim Center, and I think the day before I was there and everybody was there together, the fourth years and an SSPs doing a case, and then the following day, the thirteenth we were there, but they said the students weren't going to come in. So we, we sat in encounter rooms and the students somehow zoomed in. Maybe, I don't know if it was with zoom, but somehow like had a way and we did this weird version of the encounter and they were fourth years, they were ready to go anyway. But, but then within after that, of course, everything shut down. And then we, with one of the universities with Georgetown university, they bounced back really quickly in, in May, um, which I guess is not as quickly as it could have been, but still, like, all things considered, we were doing a ton of cases virtual and even using the virtual nature to to make it work in the way that, like, they had some SPs, like, not know how to do Zoom. Sorry, I'm, I shouldn't be away from my microphone. But, like, you know, that they would be not looking at the camera and not, not speaking to the camera, and they kind of played with that a little bit. Or there was one that I did that... um was with them that had like a, a sick baby at home and we were actually telehealthing on purpose because we didn't want to bring the baby in to this potential COVID like environment. And so like that definitely was able to to pivot well in some cases, but we did, I did so many online encounters for the next couple of years. Did you all, um, when did you go back in person? We went back, oh gosh, I'm. I feel like we went back that fall
0: to some oh, degree. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think if it was that soon because uh, I feel like it might've been, and I could be, you know how things time is just kind of like jumbled, but yes. I do think we did, but we had like serious pe- like we had the eye goggle, like the goggles on. We had, they changed things as far as you weren't in the usual exam rooms. You were in a bigger room, like a ah. conference room. Mm-hmm. So, and there was of course hand sanitizer everywhere. Uh, because I do remember when I did go, a lot of people did not like yeah. a lot of SPs were not comfortable and I did go and I, I want to say it was that fall and I could be mistaken, but I think it was, but with the masks and with, mm. you know, a certain grade mask, of course, a certain level and with the, with the uh, goggles and with the gloves um, I think it was that fall. I'm almost positive, And we did that. And then it was really up until very recently, we were ma- wearing masks up mm-hmm. until just a few months ago.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, we, I don't think I went back in person until sometime in 2021. But I will say that because I was a standardized patient, and particularly because I was a standardized patient instructor, meaning teaching the med students, I got my vaccinations earlier than a lot of people. So I think I got my first one for COVID vaccine, uh, in early February of 2021. And I would not have been able to get it that early if it wasn't for standardized patient work, which is really ironic. Um, so that was, but they were like trying to get us back into the schools as soon as possible. And, and we also did all that PPE, the, we had like the masks and then the face shields. But we were in tinier rooms <laughs> with some of these. So they were not very big rooms. Um, and there was a lot of back and forth, I will say. Some of the SPs were not. There was a lot of, like, how are you all going to help us? How are you all going to protect us when everything first shut down and all of our work? And I, this wasn't stemming from me, but I was I was part of this whole thing of, you know, all of our work is gone. We had, And some people had just had children. I had not at this point. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, so there was a lot of, I mean, fear from everybody, of course, all over the world, but particularly from independent contractors. And, and I think SPs were just like, oh, wow, I had, you know, a couple months booked, and I expected more to come. And now, as far as I know, you know, indefinitely, it's gone and maybe virtual. But we, when it first shut down, we didn't even know that that was going to be on the table right away, of course. So yeah, it was a wild time. And I'm, I'm glad that we're on the other side of it, and that people are yeah, able to go back and and not even have to wear masks now. Uh, that's, yeah, that's nice. and we were actually just I think and just until recently, like with the masks. So as far as our exams.
0: They were not doing like uh, looking in the mouth. Um, Now I believe they're allowing them to do it because now they said masks are optional. But uh, otherwise, before that, if it was a case that, you know, the person might have had something, you know, uh, respiratory or whatever, the if the student said, you know, it was one of those where, oh, if I looked in your mouth, would I find anything unusual? And they would give a card if there was a Ah, finding. But they didn't allow uh, looking in the mouth or touching the eyes or anything um, Mm -hmm. really up until just a couple months ago. Yeah. So it was all verbal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Which I will say to some in it's not ideal, of course, but there is some advantage of kind of learning to say it because then it's kind of more ingrained in many ways, like so you don't. I, I don't know. And I, I don't know the study on this. So I might just be <laughs> making all of this up. But this is how I feel about it. Like, if they have to say this checklist out, so, and then you're responding with, you have a card or you're telling them the result. Um, there's, there's, it's a different way of learning, I guess, that can yeah. be beneficial.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's beneficial, definitely. Well, we used to, and we've changed this. For the longest time, we used to do physical exams that were graded, so it was head to toe, and there were like 86 items on the checklist. Uh, I don't know exactly why, and and we've had different faculty have taken over different programs, so they no longer do that. They they learn, excuse me, all the parts head to toe, Mm -hmm. but we don't do that. A physical exam anymore. And we used to do it. And I know they used to teach a lot of students to say it out loud so they wouldn't forget. And I remember thinking, I know for myself, when we were grading them, I loved it because it made me aware of what they were doing. Now, yes. of course, if, again, if they're saying, okay, now I'm checking your femorals and they're feeling behind your knee, you're like, no, you're not. And you still have to like, go, <laughs> no, that's the popliteal. But, um, you know, otherwise it was a good way for them and they would go head to toe. And it's like, I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to look in your ears and now I'm, feeling your trachea, if it's midline and all that. And that was great. And I think it was important. The only thing that I know would throw some of the students is they would also tell them then in the real world, or when you're talking to a patient, not to use jargon. But in some cases for this, we didn't ding them for that because it was more like, okay, I'm going to verbalize this. So I know what I'm doing and I'm letting the SP know. And and it did help. I found it was helpful.
1: And hopefully also for them, they then had more encounters after that where they could start to kind of loosen up on the, the jargon so they could work with saying it, you know, in more layman's terms, um, one would hope. But yeah, yeah, it, you're right. It's, there's something really nice about or like when a when a student summarizes. After they've gotten all this stuff and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good They did this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially for those long exam days. Those are the ones where it's really tricky. Like, that's why I love formative encounters where we're not grading them because it's just the best. It's like just practice. I'm here to give you feedback afterwards. And I'll do written, but I love verbal feedback. It's just my favorite thing to do uh, when, when I have the opportunity. Uh, but it sounds like you guys only do written feedback. No, we have formatives too, but they're,
0: uh, it's different. Um, So if it's like a small group, we sometimes, depending on the facilitator, they might say, do you have any feedback for the student? Mm -hmm. Um, Or like they might take their turn, whatever the particular week might be. Is it a neuro or is it, you know, muscular skeletal and how they do the approach, you know, like, um, you know, we're allowed to offer feedback. And then we have the sessions that are more, I think they call them more communication sessions where they're again, a group. Mm -hmm. So there might be five students, but they each take a turn interviewing. And a lot of times they'll do that with the first year. So we're again, we're supposed to stay in character, but we can give them feedback uh, as the patient. So if my uh-huh. name is Karen Smith and I'm here because I'm, you know, I've got a sore throat or whatever the case might be, I'm sharing. The, the person gets to sit there, ask questions, and then with their first year, they get to time out. So if they're stuck, they can turn and look at their, you know, fellow classmates and their uh, facilitator and say, I don't know where else to go. And then they can get feedback, you know, they could turn to me and and continue. Mm -hmm. And then they're allowed to say, um, but the way we've handled is they can't just look at us and go, so how did I do? Or (laughs) something like that. They have to have more of a specific question. Um, Uh Did that, how did, did this go? Did you feel judged when I asked you this? Or did, did, you know, was I professional? They can ask specific questions, but just not like, well, how was. That we're not supposed mm. to be like, oh, you did great. we could say, Oh, yes, I, I liked that you were empathetic, or I like that you because yeah. sometimes it's a case of wanting us to quit smoking or whatever, like, oh, I like mm. that you didn't get judgy, or I like that you know, we're allowed to offer feedback in that scenario. I didn't feel judged, or I didn't feel whatever. Right. But we don't give like just general feedback.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. And what I found is like when typically when we're doing the more general feedback on at least at some of the schools. What I love to ask is like, well, how did you feel about it first? Because that gives me so much information <laughs> of like, okay, oh, they weren't aware that this thing happened. I'm gonna have to touch base. I don't have to touch on that, or like, they are aware of it. I'm not gonna harp on it, you know, that type of of stuff. But uh, but yeah, you, it makes sense that you all are answering specific questions too because. That makes your lives a little bit easier as standardized patients, but also probably there's a bit of quality control on the facilitator's end of like rather than it potentially being like, so, so SP, how did I do? And then the SP might be like, you were good. You know, like which, of course, we're all told, like, don't do that. Um, but, uh, but keeping it specific and measurable and, and all of that. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And we can always, if it's, you know, obviously, we're always told that if there's a concern, we let, you know, our, uh, her name is Kate. She runs the sim center. Like, uh, you know, make her aware of things. But if it's a test, uh, we also always have paper in an, uh, in a folder under the keyboard in the room, so that if we have a concern that's not meant for the students' eyes or meant. Like, you know, Kate, like she'll tell us to use that. It's like, oh, my gosh, it was the fourth student. And I just kind of zone was zoning out for a minute. And I for- I don't recall. I feel like they listened to all six areas, but I'm not sure. You could leave her a note or you could even say something strange happened in the room. You know, mm-hmm. the person did this and I just don't know and I don't know how to grade them. Like we're allowed, always allowed and encouraged to leave that kind of feedback so that she can watch the tape or yeah. have a conversation or something like that.
1: That's really good. Yeah, the, at one of the schools I work at, they do a thing where after the normal stuff where you then could write uh, verb sorry written feedback um for the students eyes, etc. but then there's another question that happens after like do you have any concerns about the student like no concerns, possible concerns, strong concerns and uh it's a it, that is just for not the student, sorry. I should say that is just for the facilitators, teachers sim center people like not for the students to ever see so it could be like you know here's the concern that yeah that could be sensitive or could be just you know they, they just need to work on this thing and it's very apparent but I need to make that very clear yeah. <laughs> um, not from my tactful feedback earlier but but from this like let's talk uh, I am curious so how many people or how many standardized patients are in your center in your program do you know yeah so wait <sighs>
0: Well, I shouldn't say I know exactly how many, but I do know it's been growing because our number of students have been growing. Oh. Um, the the college opened in, I believe, well, I guess it would have been 2009 or 2010, and opened and the classes have been growing. The amount of, of medical students has been growing each year. So we probably have, well, and again, by comparison to DC, I'm sure it might seem small, but I believe we have like, do we have about 75 or 80 Piece, oh, yeah, because our our classes. Um, I'm trying to think of the med students. I know the one class had like a hundred, and mm-hmm. again, I'm sure for compared to a bigger school, that's not a lot. But for us, because it's been growing each
1: year, it's been getting bigger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, that's you know, and it's funny because if you were to ask me the same thing, I wouldn't have an answer for you. I'm realizing just due to the different places I work, I'm because it's a little bit more like here and there and everywhere. I'm not as aware of of how many people, but that leads me to my next question of like. Do you feel like you know all the standardized patients, who they are, and do you know them pretty well? Do you all hang out? Are you friends et cetera so it's funny because I mentioned earlier there's a lot of like retired
0: uh people mm-hmm. and so while I am fifty two uh, a lot of these are playing like i'm not i don't play a lot of the sixty some cases or seventy some I've played some of them, but mm-hmm. because they're short on the twenty sums i'm playing right. like a twenty eight year old <laughs> every now and again, so there are some of the I just happens to be some of the older folks that like, they'll always be in together for a certain case. And some of them, like we did have an SP luncheon. Um, Mm. This was actually, I think this is the first year they did it. And it was very nice. And uh, there were some people there and I'm like, I've never seen that woman before in my life. And I was surprised because there were maybe eight to 10 women that I didn't know. Um, but otherwise, I do know most of the SPs. And because I've been there for, oh gosh, 12 years, mm-hmm. uh, I've become friends with many of the SPs. Mm-hmm. In fact, a few of them have come to see my comedy shows. Oh, cool. One of them has been in my house a few times and given me plants when she's digging them <laughs> out of her yard, Linda. And then I've had the uh, some of the ladies here. Uh, and in fact, I've had uh, one woman who's um, been on my podcast at least three times because she's oh. like a local historian and she does things at the cemetery. So oh, yeah, we've come uh, and the other woman, I'm going to her wedding in a couple weekends. So oh we have become, a lot of us have become close. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I know most of them. There's just some that I don't know. Uh, and, yeah. and others yeah. I just don't know as well.
1: Sure. Yeah. Because especially if people are coming in that are new or they haven't been there as much or you're not doing very different cases, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I love like hearing about the dynamics of SP programs, but that's lovely that they had a luncheon for you. That's (laughs) really nice
0: yeah it was well we used to do it um kind of ourselves there were mm-hmm, and of course mm-hmm. we excluded the men folk which was, which was <laughs> fine by me <laughs> but no like the ladies would get together it was just the ladies you know and we yeah. would do it usually at christmas time oh, and for really several years we'd we'd try to include and that's too when it was smaller there weren't mm-hmm, as many women so maybe there'd be 15 or 20 women and we'd get together and then sometimes you know the past few summers we'd like a group of us maybe would get together for lunch at a restaurant or whatever mm-hmm. and this was the first year that that they actually held a luncheon for us, which was really nice. I think it was in, I want to say, early June. And I think this year was kind of unique for us because instead of having our OSCE in May, it was in July. Mm -hmm. So uh, we had a little lull there. We had the luncheon, and then a lot of us were coming back in July for about almost three weeks Mm -hmm. in July to do the OSCE.
1: Yeah. I think what it's just really heartening to hear that, that they do that, because like, I think some programs – are better at that kind of thing than others. And it's makes, I think this is probably true with all jobs. I've never had like a typical nine to five job, but I imagine like that. It just feels good to be appreciated sometimes. And especially when you're doing this kind of work, which can be super rewarding, but is also kind of exhausting. And you kind of feel like a, a cog in the wheel sometimes because obviously we're part of a bigger thing that they're doing, which is part important. Um, so that's, yeah, that makes me really happy. <laughs> that you all... Yeah, they do show their appreciation. We'll get like a
0: little gift each year at Christmas, oh or gosh. I should say, in the New Year. I shouldn't say Christmas; the New Year. Just like mm, you know, yeah. like uh, it was little notebooks this year. We've gotten little flashlights. We've gotten what? you know different gifts
1: like that every year. That's Water so bottles. Cute. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is like oh, this is even better than I thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, there are some places that I work that are really. I, I don't know if I've ever gotten a gift like that though, but but are just they take better care of their SPs than other places and you really I guess all that to say like when I'm at a place where I don't feel very taken care of I'm less I feel less loyal to that program I'm less not not to say that I'm not going to do a good job when I'm there but I'm less inclined to take work there because it's just like well I'd rather work for the people that really appreciate me and like make it known and are you know so yeah I just I'm glad that that they have that for, for you all and it's that's something I, I hope that maybe someone else out there can hear that and <laughs> runs a sim center and can d- take a take that idea and run with it. <laughs> well, and it's funny, it's always the grass
0: is always greener because you're saying that, and yet through the years, you know we have because you know you get used to what you get used to, yeah. complaints that you know feeling like oh, underappreciated, and here you know it's different from what you've experienced. I mean, there was a time when we first started, um, there was always snacks too. They Mm -hmm. used to always have snacks in the SP room. And then that went away. And of course people were like, ah, you know, complaining. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. I don't throw stones, but it's just like, that was a perk. You know, they don't have to give us snacks, you know what I mean? They don't have to do that. They did bring them back though recently.
1: So see, we, you know, it was nice. (laughs) That is nice. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. And it it just depends. Like, there are certain schools that I work for that there are different types of perks. Like, oh, this place, they have a Keurig. So, like, we can have as much coffee as we want. Like, we don't have to bring it in. But other places where they're more likely to you know, support us in other wonderful ways, but there's not, you have to bring in your own coffee if you want it. And even then it's not in the best place to do it because the students might be walking. So like, it's just a, yeah, it's it's funny. And I, I love hearing about how other sim centers are run uh, because it's it's fascinating to me because it is kind of, it is still a, a newer world in that way, the, the profession and the whole sim center thing. While standardized patient work has been around technically since the 60s, but barely. <laughs> like, that's, I think, when the first one happened. But I would say it's more like in the past 10 to 20 years, yeah, that it, it's really taken off and opened up. Like you said, you're, the place that you work is opened in, what, 2010? hmm Yeah, yeah. And um, so I, I think more and more med schools are just seeing the value and the benefit of, even if it's a small program – of like bringing in some sort of simulated standardized patients and uh, and it's just getting better and better, I think, overall for the quality of, of our healthcare, upcoming
0: healthcare providers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, as we start to wind down, I want to ask, what Do you think, uh, I mean, and we have talked a little bit about it. We've learned, you know, different things about our health and we feel like we're, you know, making a difference, obviously. What do you think is one of the most rewarding things or things that you've appreciated through the time you've done it?
1: I have to say, so, yeah, definitely the easy answer is feeling like I'm making a difference in our future, uh, future doctors, et cetera. But the thing that really was super special to me that i did not get the opportunity to feel and see until the pandemic oddly was i when i was a standardized patient instructor for a first year and i saw this girl come in as a first year and kind of worked with her taught her a lot and some other people in her group and after we're done working with them, you may not see them again or you might. You might see them in random encounters. However, I didn't see her again until one of her final encounters, her fourth year. It was during the pandemic and it was a virtual one. But I saw her and she was so good and I we actually like got to I think it was sh- we sent an email afterwards because I don't think there was a feedback portion and I it just like made my heart so happy to see that journey of somebody from essentially their first day-ish of their first year to basically they've already been matched with a place and they're moving on and they they become a really great, uh, you know, future doctor, (laughs) soon to be. uh, Yeah. So that was probably the most like tangibly rewarding thing for me. That's really cool. How about you? That's really special. Yeah. I, you know, honestly,
0: I will say I, when they show or or say something that lets you just, you're reminded of how appreciative they are, Mm -hmm. I think. And I mean, again, I'm not going to lie. This has helped supplement my income. When I first started, you know, I mean, I was you know, trying to get my business off the ground. And so uh, through the years I've done, as I've said, various gig life, you know, and right Mm -hmm. now I'm I'm doing more, excuse me, making more of a living with my marketing work. But I still take it because it's it's been a really good experience. Everyone there has been wonderful. I love working with the students. And it's just it is cool to see their eyes light up when they see something, you know, like when they're looking in your eyes for that red reflex in the back, you know, your pupils and they're like I don't see it. I don't say, oh my God, yeah, I see it. Or they feel, oh, and they literally get like, oh, oh wow, that's cool. And so that's yeah. kind of, it's nice. Um, and when they're like, wow, thank you so much. This is helpful. You know, you're doing something good. And again, yeah. I'm not trying to be like a medical mother, Teresa, but <laughs> it does feel good to know that you're helping and to know that yeah. they're appreciating. It. And you see yeah. them literally light up, which is kind of cool.
1: That is really cool. I totally agree that that's such a fun experience to like watch them figure out something and uh and it, it's really like and it does happen quite a bit you know even if it's the guy being like that's a red herring <laughs> or, gotcha <laughs> ha, aha uh, but aha, uh, it's the <laughs> thyroid i knew it <laughs> <laughs> but but like it just it is really special and there's something really kind of neat about also knowing that there is this kind of sprawling web, for lack of a better way to put it, of standardized patients in the country and in the world that are doing and are in a similar boat. You know, the the SIM centers may be different. Cases, obviously, are going to be somewhat different, but there's still going to be a lot of the same types of cases and that we're part of this network in many ways. Almost almost feels like a secret society. If you meet another SP, you know, it's like, whoa, oh my gosh, we got to talk like this is cool because so many people do not know about it. And it's this fascinating little gig career for some job, you know, however you want to put it, that does make a difference and is fun. And you get to meet so many cool people. Some are actors, some are not, but everybody is there for, you know, relatively the same reason, relatively. And, uh, yeah, it's, it is a really, it makes me very happy to, when I hear other people get excited about it too. And then also like what you said, when the student kind of, they get to nerd out on something and like, we get to nerd out on that too, you know, that, and obviously I'm a big old nerd because I have a podcast about standard work. <laughs> so like, wow, I really went there. Um, but, but like, it's just It's so interesting. And and I guess my hope and this is why I appreciate you having me and talking with me about it and sharing your stories, too, is that that more and more people can understand the importance of standardized patients and what we bring to the table as a as a whole, you know, as a a community to sim centers and to med schools that that more people should know about because it's just it's cool. It's interesting and it's helpful. (laughs) Yeah, I agree.
0: Uh, One last question. And then I want you to share a little bit about your podcast so people know where to find it and what, you know, when you publish it. Um, Why do you think so many people, and we both have experienced this when we tell people, they're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Why do you think, I know it's different, but what else do you think it is about this kind of work that makes people like so curious?
1: Yeah, I (sighs) think that's a great question. So I think Maybe because there are so many variables to it, that would be my guess. Of like, it's like that. Wait, wait. You you're acting like a patient, but then what, what? How do they do they do they do the medical stuff on you? Like, how do they do this? How do you deal with that? Like, there's just so many avenues and detours that it could go down in terms of what questions they could ask of and how you answer them, because there are so many variables to this job. So I think part of it is that the fact that they don't know it exists often. So the fact that it's like we're opening up a whole new world. <laughs> but then also once they know it exists like I don't even know where to begin. That type of thing yeah. of like, well wait, okay, how do I what what question do I? It's like when you really don't know anything about a certain profession you know, sometimes I joke about my husband being a businessman, you know, like, and he is a businessman, but I like, actually, I do know what he does. But um, <laughs> it's that same idea of like, well, I don't really know the ins and outs. So I think it might be people just being like, it's, you know, that joke of, um, I think it was from 30 Rock where it's about scuba diving. And they're like, it's a whole nother world down there. Did did you ever No, okay. <laughs>
0: But <laughs> I did watch the show, but that's not one I know. Is uh, talk to me about Seinfeld,
1: and I'll have that memorized. Or the Office. Fair, oh, the Office. Of course, Scranton. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but it's that idea of like I learned how to scuba dive in 2016, and I was always like scared of it, and I finally did it, and I was like, oh my gosh, it is a whole nother world down here. Like you're now. I know what questions to ask. You know, and now I know more about it, and so sorry that took a weird detour but um, okay. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know exactly so I guess that's the answer I've never yeah. been told I was concise <laughs> hey that is just fine no but I
0: will say every person I tell I I, I without fail they're like that's so cool. Like, and I think you're right. They have never, for the most part, are not familiar. And I mean, you're not familiar. And that idea of like, how are you a pretend patient? Like, I think that's they wonder how it works. Like, right. how do you portray things? Like, it's like, yeah. no, I don't really have to have an arrhythmia, but you know,
1: right? Thank goodness <laughs> that would be really hard for them to do if they had to. I can't to hire really people. fake that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I mean. I uh, was interviewed. I was on Conan O'Brien's podcast. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Oh in wow! November of 2021, um, and it was because I'm a standardized patient. I had written in because he was doing these Conan O'Brien needs a fan podcasts, which are part of his like the umbrella. And I'm a huge fan of his. And so I, I said, well, you know, I would love to talk to him. I don't expect to get on his podcast. Like, of course, I never, I'd never been on a podcast before that one, mind you, <laughs> which is ironic and. I wrote in and I just said, you know what, this is kind of an interesting angle like this is I have a lot of identities, like I'm an actor, I'm a personal trainer, I'm a group exercise instructor, I, you know, X, Y, and plenty other stuff. But I said, but you know what, this is a really, this is the most interesting thing, I think, if I were to have an angle, um, to to talk about to someone who deals with actors all the time <laughs> much bigger <laughs> actors bigger names than Katie Culligan and uh, so I wrote in about it and his team and him found it very interesting and they they interviewed me and so that was like the beginning of like oh my gosh now it's actually getting some airtime because a lot of people listen to that podcast and so and soon after that we had already recorded a lot of our podcast the standardized patient podcast but we hadn't released it at that point. So I was like, Ugh, I can't promote my podcast on his podcast. Like, that's not <laughs> that's not kosher. <laughs> so, uh, but but within the next, I don't know, four months, we started releasing ours. And I was like, well, hey, at least there's a jumping off point, like from a bigger podcast to our little, the little podcast that could.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. So November 2021, I'll have to look for that, uh, Conan O'Brien's podcast.
1: Yeah. So it's called, the, the episode is called The Professional Patient. Uh, and it's under Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and it it was actually released on December 9th of 2021, which is funny because that was actually my due date because I was very pregnant when he interviewed me, and I actually gave birth early. So by the time it came out, I was actually like had the baby and was like, I guess we're listening to it together. (laughs) 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 So that was, that was the due date for the podcast release. (laughs) Uh, But, but yeah, definitely check it out because he's funny and it's, it's fun. And it was, it was a very cool, cool experience. But, uh, but yeah, so our, our podcast is not that, but uh, we do get into the, we have a lot of fun with the standardized patients podcast, but it does get in definitely into the nitty gritty of, you know, the nuances and complexities of this life and this world and in different roles. You know, like I, we talk to a ton of standardized patients such as yourself, but also standardized patient trainers, other educators, people who do that guda work, the genital unary stuff. Um, Forensic science is a recent one. So like, yeah, it's just a, we've been covering a lot of a lot of topics, and in this, in season two, we broke down, which is our current season. We broke down a little bit more of like, what does a, a typical day look like as a standardized patient, or what does a typical exam day look like? What is a case? What is a case? You know, like things like that that the average person might not know. Like, so you're using, you're you're explaining what a SP is to, uh, you know, someone who doesn't do it, and use, using all this jargon, just like med, med school and med students that we have to be like, oh, wait a second they don't know what a case is. They don't know what an encounter is. Maybe they don't know what an encounter room is like all of these things that we're like, okay, let's back up. Let's simplify things. So our hope is also in the future that people can be explaining it and be like, well, hey, here's actually an episode about what this is. The person may not want to listen to an episode about what a case is, but they can. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. In fact, as I'm thinking tonight, uh,
0: we, we used case and we said Sim Center. so. I'll, I'll maybe I'll put something in the show notes to explain that a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, and
1: you know what's what's really great is my podcast uh, co-producer and and my podcast partner Catherine, who does all of like the audio engineering and editing, and she's wonderful. Our our graphic designs. She, when I would be interviewing guests, she will be on the call, but but muted and off camera, and she'll send me chats like. Hey, can you describe what this is? Or like, can you ask the person this? So she's been a really like thinking of like a stage manager of like, let's clarify this in real time so I can, because again, yeah, it, when we're in the world of SP work, like we don't even think about, you know, the abbreviations we're using and the, the terms, what the normal person might be like, what? <laughs> and then they might tune out, you know, because it, it, it can get a little crazy and overwhelming and just like, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Well, and I think I would imagine not just
0: SPs, but I think anyone in the medical field, though, could definitely uh, be interested in what you're talking about and definitely relate, I'm sure.
1: That, yeah, that was our hope. We we recently uh, released a podcast where we had most of our season two guests give advice to med students. Uh, and that was a fun montage one that we recently released. We're like, hey, let's, let's, this one's for the med students. This one, and, and it's for other people too. Uh, but we do hope that, you know, maybe some, Not just med students and not just standardized patients, but healthcare professionals, people that are interested maybe in getting into it or just learning more about it, like the weird odd jobs. Like that's the kind of thing that we knew when we made this podcast that it was not going to be a wild popular podcast that was going to relate to a lot of the population. (laughs) But we also noted there wasn't a podcast that was about standardized patients, like in this very, very oversaturated market of the podcast world, we actually found a hole. And that was pretty cool that it was a hole that I knew a lot about. <laughs> and uh, so it, that kind of worked out. And obviously, you know, we're we're connecting with people. So I, I appreciate you having me on here to be able to talk about it and spread it spread the word to your listeners too. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when I saw that you
0: had that, I listened to a couple episodes, but I was like, it took me a while and I'm like, I've never talked about it
1: on my podcast. I think we need to talk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's, this will actually be, so the Conan O'Brien one was the first one still oddly, but then I was a a guest recently on someone else's uh, kind of a health related podcast. And now this one, so it's, it's really cool that like, um, Kind of a weird story, but back before the pandemic, I kept saying, "Gosh, you know, I would love to be a guest on someone's podcast." I was like, "How do I make that happen?" Like, I just—it <laughs> was just a random pipe dream that I was like, "I don't have a podcast. I don't—I don't know any people that have podcasts. I don't, you know." But and then all of a sudden, here we are. Like, fast forward to now, it's like podcast, podcast, podcast. But uh, it's cool how, like, you know, the domino. It just keeps the balls rolling, whatever metaphor you want to use. (laughs) Plug in metaphor here. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think I think it's super cool. And as you said, it is podcasts, it is a saturated kind of thing. It is, uh, there's a lot of noise out there. Well, so social media everywhere, but I think people, people gravitate towards something or they might try it out and maybe they won't think that they'll like it. And then they turn out that they do or vice versa. So I think there, as I always say, there's something out there for everyone. So like, you know, I always encourage people, if you haven't liked my podcast, share it with someone anyway, because maybe they'll like it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I, um, (laughs) I love the Mike Birbiglia podcast. Do you know the comedian Mike Birbiglia? I don't know his podcast, but I
0: I did see uh, a special of his on Netflix, and I had heard of him but never saw his comedy. I saw it, and I was blown away. I'm like, oh, my God, he's funny. Good. Was it the new one? I'm trying to think. I saw it uh, this past April, and I think it might have been new or it could have been an old one that we just popped. It just happened to come up, but it was very funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, he has this great podcast that like, and especially as a comedian, I I am not, but as you are, um, you might want to check it out. I love how I'm like plugging someone random's podcast on your podcast. But um, (laughs) it's called Working It Out. And he deals with like a lot of like stand up. He's a stand up, of course, as you know, and then he deals with other stand ups and they they work out material on it. But what I was my point to this was, he always says at the end of his podcast, tell your friends, tell your enemies, you know, like, so I love that. Like, yeah just tell people uh-huh. you know or- i put that
0: in my show notes actually whether a friend or oh, foe a- i do I actually. Love it. okay it's well like- then you're
1: on the same wavelength
0: we're on the same wavelength so i should reach out to him <laughs> You should. <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts and it's also a comedian is tig notaro oh, um, yes. don't ask tig i love her and then she was she does a podcast although they haven't updated it recently with cheryl hines where they talk oh. about uh documentaries but You know, it's funny because they half the time they don't get to what's in the documentary. Because they're (laughs) just being silly, chatting. But I really love Don't Ask Tig because the guests. I love just the way she talks with them. So, you know, it's just comfortably. And then mm-hmm. the advice they give the people who call in or, you know, write in are really some pretty good advice. I love how seriously her guests take it. Like, oh, that's they're great. so yeah. thoughtful overall, which I love. I, I love listening to that every week.
1: That is really cool. I have to check that out. I've definitely seen it on my podcast, like browsing. So I'll, I'll make a point to to listen to that one. But I have to ask really quickly, how much material do you use of your standardized patient work in your stand-up.
0: So now, as and I'm sure you're probably told this too, like we're not supposed to discuss um, cases, and there's that word again. So basically, a case <laughs> like if if I'm a, a patient portraying a certain illness, for example, that would be like a case. We're not supposed to because they don't want other students to learn things ahead of time or get uh, you know any kind of advantage, whatever. And I so I don't, but I don't talk about names. I don't talk about specific. I'm talking about an experience of basically just saying, okay, Hey, this is what's happening at med, you know, at colleges, they're, they're doing breast exams, they're doing pelvic exams. So that's not revealing anything, but yeah. those two things are right now, the thing I've been doing the longest that, mm. that have been in my act. Um, you know, I talk about that and I'm like, Oh, I didn't know if I should do it. And then it's like, why the hell not? I've been letting losers do it for free for years, like being felt <laughs> up kind of thing. And like, you know, and then I talk about, I didn't know what to wear to a gang pap, you know, that kind of thing. So I talk, <laughs> I talk about those two things and I, honestly, here's the thing. It's funny because I feel like it's a goal mine and yet I've only done those two topics. Um, And I I think I need to, part of it I want to say is laziness. I'm going to throw myself (laughs) under the bus. And the other part is just like where to begin. Like I do think I could probably do a whole 30 minutes or more on that, but I need to get a little more... um, Less lazy,
1: but sure, more creative than right, right. just
0: writing. Because I mean, I do want to talk about like I was told by this one doctor. She she didn't mean anything by it, and I love her, but like I have hobbit feet. Oh, okay. Because I have hair <laughs> on my toes. <laughs> and she's Wait, saying that's everybody? genetic and she's like she is like she's like she has hobbit feet and I'm thinking god I'm glad I'm not sensitive here Jeez, um, but yeah. like stuff like that and I mean so many times I've been told like you know I have a great ear canal which I just think is hysterical like I have a great ear canal you can <laughs> see the white or the whatever the gray whatever the pearly light or whatever they yeah, talk about. yeah exactly the <laughs> so membrane
1: like, do you have a great ear canal I do you know <laughs> I was told today that <laughs>
0: that's awesome yeah stuff like that. And it's just like, again, it's like, I will admit it's just not, you know, you, you do your certain stuff and it hits very well. The, the things I do get is what I close with and it usually ah. gets a good laugh. So, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I really do need to sit down and start doing a little bit more about this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Workshop and some, some new SP stuff. I like that. I like that. Well, if you do, you got to let me know. I'd love to to, if you do footage of it, I don't know. But. <laughs> oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I will, I'll I'll. send you a link to, uh, to, to
1: a bit. Yeah, absolutely. That, but now absolutely. I think you've
0: inspired me to, because it is, you know, you do get comfortable and you do get lazy and time runs out. But like I have through the years, I've thought of like, okay, maybe I should mention that I've been told I have hobbit feet. Maybe I should <laughs> talk about that. <laughs>
1: By the way, I have hair on my toes too, just for what it's worth. Like a little bit, not a ton, but like a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's not like I can comb mine or braid it or anything, but it's just like when she said that, I was like, "Jeez." I mean, and I, honest to God, I loved her. She was really uh,
1: nice and everything and I didn't mind that she said it, but I was just like, I'm glad I'm not sensitive. You know? Seriously, because some people might go home and be like, oh, what if I do about my feet? <laughs> and know. you, still, even if you're not sensitive about it, you still remember it because it is a ridiculous thing uh, for someone to tell you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's not going anywhere. It's sticking to my brain. <laughs> yeah.
1: Those things will do that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much. So when, uh, so your, your podcast, does
1: it come out at certain times just so we know pe- for people to look for it? Yeah. So actually we are just going to be finishing our season two very shortly. Uh, I think our last, our final episode of season two will be, releasing um early to mid-september we usually release on mondays um so depending on when this is released uh and then we'll we'll be in touch about then what's coming next but right now you know i would definitely encourage people if they are interested in hearing more about standardized patient work, and and we do we do get a lot of funny stories from different people. Like that has been a real fun thing, uh, but also you know the the ins and outs of the of the world and life. But uh, definitely check out season one, season two, um, and each each episode has a, a different type of a topic, uh, so that we kind of hone in on. So we can be found on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and we're also on the Pocket Casts app. <laughs> um so and and also on our website um and we're also open to uh we're on instagram as you found us right and and tiktok and twitter even i can't say we're great about updating twitter but yeah we're <laughs> on all the we're on all the the main things i guess so far so yeah definitely would would love for people to check it out but um and even if not it was just such a pleasure talking to you about everything so i appreciate you uh you having me on Absolutely. I'm so glad that you could join me because this has been so much
0: fun. It's like, I do, you know, obviously, you know, the other SPs, we talk a lot, but to talk to someone who has done it in other places and just to connect on similarities and things. I, I do think like you mentioned a network, I think it's very cool. I, I do. I really do. And I think it's a really cool profession. I think it's just, I mean, I have learned so much. And as you said, the students are gaining so much from it. So I, I think it's awesome. So the standardized uh, patients podcast, I believe is the mm-hmm. name of your right. Okay. That so is correct. Apple, yep. Spotify, pocket cast, uh, mid uh, September, look for, and, and if you haven't, Uh, that's finishing season two. But if you haven't listened, then you have a whole two seasons that you can, can listen to. It will be a great way to learn more about this industry. So check that out. So thank you so much, Katie, for being my guest this week. It's been so much fun. Thank you. I have loved this. So much appreciated absolutely it's my pleasure excellent and for my listeners uh, I will say that we're in September this is going to air in September so uh, next week we will have my buddy Julie Estee, who also happens to be an SP and is just a real pisser she is just funny and she will be talking about a book she released recently the Center Street Murders in Scranton from back in the early 1900s she has her ideas about the what might have happened with those murders and she She's also preparing for her Dunmore cemetery tour where you'll get to see some very great uh, fun acting and just really cool stuff in the Dunmore cemetery. So she'll be joining us next week at us. I always hate when I say that, cause there's no mouse in my pocket. It's really just me and my microphone, but anyway, she'll be joining me and I hope you'll tune in. And as I always say, Thank you so much for listening. Check out the show notes for the link to uh, Katie's podcast. Also to my buy me a coffee platform. Remember you can make a, a donation. And if you don't have the funds at this moment, please remember there is great value in sharing the podcast as well. Share it with a friend or foe, just, you know, put it on your social media, write a review, or just tell somebody while you're standing in line at the grocery store. So as I like to say, I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of my wine glass. Well, that's a wrap on my conversation with Katie Culligan about standardized patient work. I hope that you found it interesting, and if you are uh, interested in becoming a standardized patient wherever you live I'm sure if you're close to a medical school the chances are good that they probably have a program that you can inquire about uh, it can make for a great side hustle uh, although I don't love that term but you know if you're looking for a few hours uh, different schools are run differently um, there's really no guarantees definitely where, where I work but um, some of the schools the bigger ones might have more hours to provide so check out Uh, i've definitely learned a lot through my 13 years of doing it Um, so next week join me for another standardized patient but we're not going to continue talking about standardized patient work julie sd is going to be my guest and she i met her through this work but we will be talking about her book uh center street murders about Uh, old-timey murders in Scranton, and some ideas she has about what might have happened. Uh, It's an old case, but she shares her ideas about that murder. And we also talk about her upcoming uh, annual event, which is awesome here in northeastern Pennsylvania, the Dunmore Cemetery Tour. So please tune in. Julie is always a hoot, and I always have fun talking to her, whether it's on the air or off. Uh, So uh, also check the uh, show notes. I often, uh, often I try to do it weekly, include information about my platform on Buy Me A Coffee. It is just a way that you can say thank you for what I'm doing, help support what I'm doing. Uh, This is not exactly a for-profit adventure, or venture. <laughs> it is an adventure, but it's not a venture that has profit at the moment. But it does uh, give me a return on investment as far as my sense of pride, uh, being able to share with you every week these fabulous women and let them share their stories, so that hopefully you can learn something, uh, feel inspired, feel motivated, and be entertained. Uh, that is my uh, reward. But if you check the show notes and you do want to share uh, some monetary investment in the podcast, please Just click on the link there and remember that you don't need to use your money to help. You can always use your own personal capital, meaning you can share this podcast on your social media. Tell someone who likes podcasts to check it out. Tell someone who's never tried a podcast. Maybe they'll like it. Uh, Whether friend or foe, anyone you know, please share the podcast so that others can can hear and learn from this uh, valuable content. And maybe they won't like it and that's fine because there's something out there for everyone, but maybe they will and they'll come on back. So that would be great. I appreciate that. So as I always say, I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of my wine glass.